Hello and welcome to PC Gamer UK's first ever podcast. I'm Ross Atherton, the editor, and I'm joined here at PC Gamer Towers by Deputy Editor Tim Edwards. Hello, Tim. Hello. Uh, staff writer Tom Francis. Hello, I, Tom. I would have liked to introduce myself, actually. Really? Go, yeah. go on. Go and, for it. Hi, I'm Tom Francis, staff writer. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's, that's Tom Francis, in case you didn't get that. And, uh, and finally, world-famous freelance writer Jim Rosniel. Hello, Jim. Hello there. Hello. <laughs> so uh, we're going to be talking about some of the important PC gaming issues of the day over the next half hour or so. Uh, we're going to have a look at the PC game sales chart to see what you people have been spending your hard-earned money on. And we'll try not to talk too much rubbish. Um, Jonas, before we start, I'd just like to remind you that this is a family podcast, so please don't say shit, fucker bollocks. <laughs> good, good job Kieran isn't here. I would be in danger of some more, far more creative swearing. Anyway, so uh, what's been occupying the PC Gamer Hive mind this month? Should we start with the charts, Tim? Uh, the okay. most recent charts from our friends at Chart Track. What's been, uh, what's been selling well? Okay, um, number 10. Number 10. We have the oh, starting at the bottom end, fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sims Open for Business, which... Uh, God, are they, are, they still, are they still selling these damn expansion packs? Well, Open for Business isn't actually that bad. It's probably the best of the Sims expansion packs. It's all right to actually see it in the charts. Um, it's when you kind of keep going up the charts, it's going to get a little bit... <laughs> There's a lot of cynicism about the, the huge amount of Sim stuff that's always in the charts. And I think it's now well past the point at which we can just dismiss it as being, oh, that's what mainstream people like, and it's not kind of, it's not important to gamers. Clearly, there's such a huge body of people who just love this stuff and will buy anything remotely related to it, irrespective of the content. I mean, yeah, the, the thing about open business is, it's a whole game about you running a business, which is great. There's very few, well, there's loads of games about running a business. <laughs> not a Sims game that's about running open business, so I think that's fine. Uh, number nine, Battle Station for Midway, which is a bit... Mm. What, what do we score that? That's in our, our recent issue, isn't it? What did we uh, get? Seventy something. Seventy something. That's Please go and check your PC gamer for the exact score. Um, <laughs> we, we, we didn't bring. I that think we should just say all the right scores it could be, and then we can edit the. the that's that's a good. So it got seventy-five, seventy-six, seventy-seven, seventy-eight, seventy-nine, seventy-one, seventy-two, seventy-three, seventy-four. Excellent. Thanks, Tom. That will uh, we'll, we'll we'll get that in the edit, won't we? No problem. Uh, number eight, FIFA 07. Let's just not talk about that at all. You may have noticed people that we're not we're not huge football FIFA fans. Although, you know, that's not saying anything about uh, bad about them. They're fine, great. Do you want to tell them about my football impairment? What's your football impairment? Why don't you tell them? That I didn't know how many players you have on a team of football. I had it down to two numbers. I think I, I thought it was either nine or eleven. Nine or eleven. I knew it was an odd number. Yeah. But I hadn't quite settled on it and was mocked mercilessly for many years. We we, we did mock you mercilessly, it's true. But but now you you, you know and uh, Yes, and I think that forward. that early display of ignorance, that kind of shock and awe attack of ignorance <laughs> has got me out of reviewing any football games since. So that's yeah, very joining a cricket team. God no. <laughs> Honestly. So three <laughs> no, no, Okay, you you've got a lot of rounders, so I mean fielders. That's the one. Rounders is the name of the other sport. It's a bit like cricket, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Tom is never reviewing the okay, sports th- game I, ever, I, is he, Tim? If Tom? I have to guess, I'm going to say 13. No way. <laughs> it's, it's 11. It's 11 again? It's 11 again. Oh, that's a trick yeah. question, then. No, no. <laughs> Do you know question. how many people are in the American football team? I can say 11 now. <laughs> well, nobody knows that. I do. It's, it's an unknowable number. From watching... Yeah, 44 people in the American football team. That's 44? Not at the same time. No. Okay. Shall we move on? Yeah, so, sure. Okay. Uh, Did the other ones include like reserve people? And no, no, that's that's on the pitch at the same time. How many are on the pitch? It's, in not a fair question. That's, I don't know. See, I, I told it's you it was unknowable. If it's eleven, then I'll know something about sports and no one else. In this room, it could be eleven. Okay, number seven is the Sims Two Pets. 
Yes. Okay, I retract my earlier statement that we shouldn't be cynical about Sims being Okay, no, what, so what, what interests me about these is they don't just come in the chart and then drift away like normal games. Yeah. They come in the chart and then they stay there. So a lot of people are buying these games. Are they buying them over and over again? But the weird thing is, yeah, Sims 2 is coming up. Yeah, Above true. these Sims expansion packs. That's true. More people are buying the game again than are... Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Um, the thing about the Sims 2 pets is that the pets themselves have really glassy eyes. <laughs> a little bit crazy to look at. Glassy and, like, dead eyes. screenshots where uh, my, some of my Sims characters are holding uh, the pets and just the two dead eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should just warn you, if you hear a, a clunk over the next few minutes, that's Tim's left elbow hitting his microphone. Don't be frightened. Oh, and also any shuffling is my fault. Shuffling, yeah. yes. Tom's got paper. Okay, uh, number six is The Sims 2. The Sims 2. Quite. I, hear that's, people, I hear that's very good. How yeah. many people don't have it? Can there be that many people left that they can keep buying it each week? We should, we should actually find out how many it's sold in total and kind of do some kind of graph. How many people in the country own a Sims game? What it percentage? Must be half the country. We're not actually allowed to give those that data out. That's a very good point. Luckily, it's not exactly half the country, so Ross didn't just break that rule. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, five is Football Manager 2007. Now, that's a good game. I, I, I am actually, and I'm, I'm being honest here, I am frightened of Football Manager. Because I quite like football. I like watching football. I like reading about football in the papers. But I know that if I start playing Football Manager, I'm going to be in big trouble. I'm not going to be able, uh, able to play anything ever again. Or, you know, I'll be making excuses not to come into work. It's so addictive. I hear frightening things about it, so I'm, I'm steering clear. You know, kudos to Sports Interactive. It's a great game, but I'm, 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 I'm scared. I've stayed That's the man with multiple uh, level 50. We're all sitting there. <laughs> well, uh, th th yeah. there's only enough room in my life for, for one massive game addiction, and that is World of Warcraft. Okay. Um, I've stayed clear of Football Manager myself, obviously, because I loathe football and, and you, I'm completely ignorant of it. And not knowing but, how many players on a, on a team, you might not be very good at it. <laughs> I don't know, I'd probably figure it out once yeah, it was actually probably, in the game. Yeah. But I've discovered that you don't really need to know anything about the subject matter of a management game to really enjoy it. And you don't even need to like the subject matter. Because my favourite... Um, management game of all time is Dope Wars. Dope Wars. It's a tiny little uh, kind of visual basic application that is just about you trading drugs around London and it's Ooh. all the different districts of London you just click on one to take the tube there. Occasionally there's, a, there's like a tiny probability each time you travel on the tube that you'll get be mugged and the hash you're carrying <laughs> will be stolen. And for the benefit and, of, of Tom's parents, Tom knows nothing about <laughs> drugs. <laughs> this is what I'm saying, this is why I introduced it by uh, saying uh, subjects that I know nothing just, about and I just wanted to reinforce that. Just for the benefit of, of my and dad. The and prices loose. fluctuate in the different districts and also fluctuate over time. And sometimes there'll be a huge drug bust in Marrakesh or wherever. And hash prices will soar. And so if you just stockpile on hash, you make incredible amounts of money. It sounds like fun. It's Which... extremely... And the game? Basic. <laughs> <laughs> it's just basic, fast, and full of opportunities to do incredible things. To make an extraordinary amount of money, being a drug dealer. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> On a different note, number four, Armbasalt. 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 Let's all just say it. <laughs> Actually, I, I would like to play as more orienteering sim. I think it's just too hard to play as a Yeah, it's, it's, it's too it's hard to an orienteering sim. The, the war gets in the way of, of a nice walk in the countryside. Exactly. You can navigate by the stars in Armbasalt, and that's what I'd actually like to be able to Are we actually saying Armbasalt is a good walk ruin? <laughs> <laughs> a bit like golf. Yeah, that's that's what it's like. the orienteering mod. Yeah, that's a good idea, actually. Yeah, good idea. James I, Carey, our, our, our fellow writer on Sister Magazine PC Form, has just written um, uh, telling us how to play, uh, how to make Armed Assault maps in our, yes. our new issue, isn't it? He, he actually just recreated D Day in Armed Assault. <laughs> recreated D Day? 
with helicopters. So it's not a kind of exact recreation of D-Day. He's quite don't, literally a man on a mission, that man Carey. You don't really create maps in Undersol, do you? You use the existing island and then you add the That's scenario true. to it. You so make missions, I suppose. Yeah. So buggy, but hmm, good. I actually don't think it's terribly necessary anymore. <laughs> I think A, Flashpoint is still brilliant and it's ugly, but then so is Armed Assault. And also today I've just been playing a mod for Battlefield 2 that basically turns it into, not Flashpoint quite, but into something that, that scratches that same itch, That's that kind of super reality. realistic. Yes, which I'll talk about mm. later when you ask me what I've been playing recently. Okay, <laughs> I'll make sure, it's not like this is scripted folks. But, um... <laughs> I, I'm just psychic. <laughs> uh, number three is World of Warcraft The Burning Crusade. Yay! Woo! Mm. Yes, I mean, we, we love World of Warcraft around here. Yes, it has the old expansion thing though, doesn't it, that it's it's a bit better than World of Warcraft, it's not dramatically better than World of Warcraft in terms of the new content and stuff, and it's an expansion pack, and if you have an expansion pack to an amazing game, that does its job well. Is that an amazing expansion pack, or is it just an average expansion pack? Very good point. We, we often struggle to, to work out what's the right score to give expansion packs, because if the original game was fantastic and you've already got that base for your... Expansion, it's very easy to make a good expansion, but um, yeah. Does it add enough? Ooh. Does it change it enough? I'm, I'm kind of halfway through the Outland stuff at the moment, and it's much better than what's actually in Vanilla World of Warcraft. It's more fun, it's quicker, it's kind of pacier, you get more experience much more rapidly, you get more items more quickly, you get to new areas kind of seemingly faster, and that, that's kind of really good fun, but even though the dungeons are more interesting, it still feels like there's a series of quests where you have to go and get 10 eel fillets or 15 mm. monkey fingernails. And monkey fingernails. I, I can't face doing that. I'm glad that the Outland is actually really interesting and full of stuff because as an unexperienced, inexperienced World of Warcraft player, um, obviously I've tried both the new areas for the starting, I mean, sorry, the new starting areas for the new races. Mm. And both of those are brilliant and both kind of really you know, luscious and full of interesting stuff. But looking at Outlands from screenshots, it just looks like the barrens in space. <laughs> it looks yeah. really bleak and kind of... Well, there are areas that gorgeous. are bleak, but then there are areas like kind of giant mushroom forests and yeah. all kinds of weird stuff. I think there's plenty of imaginations gone here, so... Can I just yeah. say yay for mushroom forests? Yes, you can. Also, you can fly, which makes it the best game That, ever. yeah, okay. Yes. Okay. It's just the noise that I'll never, ever get to that. <laughs> yes, you will, if you have a, a serious um, addiction problem like me. I'll tell you what, though, it You'll is quite it. freaky, is if you're standing there just kind of happily questing away and you hear just gentle flapping behind you, you can't really work out what it is. You look around, you still can't see what it is, and then you look up and there's just a, a man floating above you <laughs> on a griffin, and you think, oh... <laughs> Floating, as in stuck. Yeah, no, he's just kind of flapping, hovering. <laughs> it's really, it is a strange moment. Uh, number two, The Sims Live Stories, which EA are selling on the basis that you, it runs in a window and you can add instant message and use email. In. And what did it get in our US cousins? 91% in the US. Yes. We've given us a kicking. <laughs> 50 something? 50 something. Yes. Uh, it's, mm. Again, check the new issue for the score of that game. Um, I could say them again if you like. <laughs> no, you're all right. And do you want? I think, I, think, I, I think we can afford to be a bit vague in, in our <laughs> podcast, but we're precise in the magazine. Um, yeah, the whole, you can do other stuff while playing this game, it does seem to be a bit defeatist. Yeah. yeah. Mm, but, again, they are tapping into the zeitgeist, because, hey, what do the kids do these days? They, um, they use IM, so let's I hear get they, our, they've discovered know. this interweb thing. Yeah, I hear it's very popular. I will say, though, that... Um, they are doing something right because they held an exhibition uh, in London on Wednesday night, which probably be 
some Wednesday independent term in the past. But um, they got a bunch of celebrities there, including Jonathan Ross and uh, Peaches Geldof, who John Hicks barge past. Really? Is that play fast as John Hicks? That is play fast as John Hicks. <laughs> wow. barge past Peaches Geldof in a museum in London. He's just some kind of celeb, celeb whore, isn't he? He loves it. Yeah. Okay. And what's at number one, Timmy? Supreme Commander. Hooray! We love Supreme Commander around here. Uh, I think they're a bit boring. Oh, Jim. Boring? <laughs> Explain yourself, man. No, I can't. <laughs> Jim, what, Jim You're no longer part of this podcast. He's, he's always been talked about having a cold metal heart, and then when he's finally presented with a game, he's just cold metal <laughs> yeah. heart. I thought I you were. It's partly it, though, but there was, it was just... I knew exactly what resources I need to get, and, and most of the strategy is fairly obvious. And it just, I don't know, there was no kind of flair, there was no real kind of story excitement or anything, there was no kind of... Would you it, say, perhaps, that it's mechanical? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. I would, actually. Okay. Uh, I just find it a little bit disappointing, because there's, there's quite a lot of drama and things like uh, Company of Heroes and stuff, and I just didn't really find any drama. But it's not... Uh, Thousands and thousands of robots. It's not drama. It's majesty. It's oh my god! Look no, at that formation I, I, of flights. It wasn't really majesty though, because I just I, you know I, I zoomed out and it, and it was you know, the majesty of thousands of icons. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it the human element that it's missing? Is that what it is? Uh, no, Even I, for a man who loves I, robots. Tim, uh, yeah, Tim thought it was lacking bombast, and I think it's, it's something like that. You know, there's there's no opera to it. I think that's not a very serious criticism of a game for me. No opera. Yeah, it's, for me. <laughs> it's got robots. Actually, the, the lack Robot of humanity opera. is one of my favourite things about it. it. And it didn't really strike me until Tim mentioned it in explaining something in your review that I think Ross queried, that it's two men on a battlefield. That's it. Yeah. Everything else is just what they generate from the robots that they've created with this incredible, like, nano stuff. There's a brilliant cutscene, actually, that illustrates that in Supreme Commander uh, at the very start, where this kind of woman walks out and gets into a robot, kind of, this little capsule, and then the capsule gets turned over, Thunderbird style, and gets rolled down a little hill into a, a robot head. And the robot head kind of <laughs> and picked up and kind of carried over to the top of the robot. And he's an enormous robot that kind of stomps out into uh, into space. You just think this is a game, this is a proper game <laughs> about robots. About robots, right? It's um, every Robo fantasy. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so that, that's the charts. That's and, the charts. Uh, Supreme Commander wins at the charts. It does. It sits at the top, and I, I can't help but think that's that's mostly down to the beautiful review cover package we did. That was our issue out of January, which I'm sure you remember. Did it? Chris Taylor cry? Did it? Really? Who told you that? He's very girly. Really? Oh, he's probably listening. He was really, he was really touched by it, apparently. Really? Yeah, we sent him some covers over, and he's. Like really, really well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. It's a profound success if we can make developers cry. Yes. Should, we, we should try and do oh, this more. Yeah. yeah. Perhaps not by giving them bad scores. That would make them cry, but this doing is, nice things for them. This is quite a heartwarming victory, though, for Supreme Commander, because it's, it's, you know, the spiritual sequel to Total Annihilation. It doesn't have the Total Annihilation name. And Total Annihilation itself was an underdog to CNC and all the big RTSs. And here it is beating all the Sims... Yeah, Although how long that's going to last in the face of the juggernaut that is our next big review. <laughs> Which you can't possibly mention. No, I think people probably know about it by okay. now. Let's Command and Conquer 3, ladies and gentlemen, go and buy that issue now. Which um, we've just put to bed. Yeah. And uh, well, we haven't actually taken Command and Conquer to bed. Um, <laughs> that would be wrong. We've just reviewed it. Yes. And how much can we say? Um, I don't know. I don't know when this is going out. Okay. You'll have to go and buy the issue to find out anyway. Or indeed, look on our website, which is a lovely website. It's www.pcgamer.co.uk. You can read it out of there. Any more plugs into this, Ross? I'm trying. I'm doing my best. Come on, it's my job. I can't really miss the website, though, because they're here. <laughs>
that we might put this on iTunes. Yeah. We put it on a cover disc. Yeah. It's going to go everywhere, man. We are worldwide. Yeah, we can just talk about Command & Conquer 3 in increasing levels of depth and then cut out the last one if it's going to be... That's a good least. point. We could do oh, yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's quite good. It's... <laughs> quite good. It's not... Um, it's quite nice. It's quite nice, yes. It'll do. It'll do. Um, <laughs> it's, like, it's a Command & Conquer game. It's very clearly a Command & Conquer game. Um, it's, it's a better Command & Conquer game than Command & Conquer 2 was, which just went a bit weird and a bit strange. So it's, it's back to the kind of heart of... GDI, don't like Nord. Nord really don't like GDI. And let's build some mammoth tanks and go and crush that. And then the aliens arrive. And then the aliens arrive and they build mammoth tripods and crush that. <laughs> and the aliens actually are, I reckon, probably the most fun race in it. But you only get to play with them in the campaign and when you've finished all the other campaigns, which is a bit disappointing. But the, the real highlight of it, though, is uh, the cutscenes. And we're not really allowed to say, hey, we really like the cutscenes in a review. Surely we should be all about the mechanics. When you've got cutscenes this funny, I think it's worth talking about. We've got um, Sawyer from Lost in there doing his best as a kind of a nod uh, commando type, isn't he? Yes. Um, Sawyer is brilliant because he gets lumbered with some terrible lines. <laughs> like, uh, if, we, uh, if we take this attack on and we defeat them, we can castrate their ability to counterattack. He goes, castrate. I love that word. Just, just wow. ridiculous. How do you think he felt when he saw that script? <laughs> I don't know. Mm. This, I saw some behind-the-scenes stuff uh, while I was at EA, and just kind of constant him fluffing his lines. <laughs> just kind of, oh, no, no, damn it. It's not as if Lost is Shakespeare, though. It's like a no. huge step down from just calling everyone freckles. or. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he gets to play the bad guy again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's being typecast. A bit like uh, our friend Joe Kukan, yeah, who, would, who, who plays Kane. would never accuse of being typecast. No. Because he just plays Kane. Yes. Ever. I, I, I checked him up on IMDb. He's done a few other things, but he's basically Kane. He is Kane. That's his job. Yeah. Although he hasn't been, really been doing much the last, last couple of years, presumably because Kane was in retirement or had died in an enormous iron blast. Mm. CNC conventions, year. do you suppose? Going to CNC conventions and signing autographs. Your buddy, Kane. He's last credited on um, a James Bond agent under fire. Oh, the video game? Yeah. Wow. He could have been a villain in that. Yeah. Speaking of voice actors, I discovered from a kindly commenter on our blog recently that um, the main character in Boiling Point, Sol Mayer, is played by the same actor who is the arch-villain of season three of 24, Happy Moa. That's not his name, that's the name of his character in 24. This is amazing to me. <laughs> he actually looked a bit like him too. The best, best thing about Boiling Point, though. So is, well, going back to CNC and, and these these um, these cutscenes, is this the return of the beautiful FMV cutscene with with bad CGI in the, in the background? Because that is one of my earliest memories of, of PC gaming, is playing the original CNC with really lovely hammy lines going. And it's it's even when it's hammy, it kind of draws you in. And it is deliberately hammy, uh, and it's good. It's fun. It's really entertaining. I don't think it's going to be a return to big cutscene land because the only people who've got any money, the kind of money that requires, is EA. Mm. Um, although they, I think they've, they've wasted a lot of their money because they've got really just gorgeous, brilliant actors like Grace Park and Trisha Helferin to kind of play these, these kind of side roles. Grace Park, who is brilliant in Battlestar Galactica as, um, as a, a number of characters, uh, is just basically her role is to take papers up to Michael Ironside and say, Sir, you need to see this. Or, Sir, we've got some incoming news. That's all she does. She's like a hoorah. Yeah, she is. <laughs> the machine says. Well, it's nice that she's working, you know. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Was anyway, that a, she, a slight yeah. Battlestar spoiler there? 
that that's it, yes. Sorry. <laughs> oh no, spoiler alert. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> Sorry. I told you. Oh man. Okay. Shall we um shall we move on? Um we've been we've been obviously we, we keep our, our ears to the ground in terms of new PC games. We hear that THQ are working on uh, a new MMO based on the Warhammer forty K universe. Now they're obviously there's a there's a Warhammer Fantasy MMO uh, in the pipeline, which we all know about. But uh, this new 40k one has, has got us thinking. Um, Tom, you know a bit about 40k. You know a little bit about MMOs. I know mean, masses about both those things. That's that's why I'm asking <laughs> this this question. Um, obviously, you know fans of Warhammer 40k are going to be seriously excited about this. But should should non Warhammer fans be excited about it too? What what are they going to be? What do you think they they could do to really get a, a broader appeal? I think Warhammer fans are going to be hugely excited about it, and I think MMO fans are going to be slightly dubious about it. And I think Warhammer and MMO fans, like me, are going to have mm. both reactions at once. Which why, is oh why my dubious God. then? Because Warhammer doesn't isn't something that lends itself to that kind of world. It's not a it's not about a universe in which people go out on their own adventuring, shooting random creatures that they encounter, mm-hmm. which is exactly what you'll end up doing in a massive multiplayer game. So the excitement comes from wow, if they made this and actually did justice to the Warhammer name and mm. had it like Warhammer, where it's just war and it's just every, you know, it's just armies clashing on huge battlefields. And Will you... it be uh, Warhammer 40k, only war and some crafting? <laughs> I really, well, really hope not. We, 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 because... we, were, we were talking about this earlier, about you know, uh, traditional elements of, of, of MMOs include things like crafting, where you, you sit down and you make a clay pot. I mean, th- there are bits of the Warhammer 40k universe I can see that working. You're making gun modifications, making, you know, special rockets and Kind of, but I mean, like every character in Warhammer 40,000 is, is a member of an army who supply him with his stuff and his yeah. job is to fight. So they can make, you know, characters who are out there on their own making money and, you know, buying things, but it's, it's not going to have much to do with the actual game, which is, the game is solely about armies clashing and every member of that army is just a soldier who's given the best equipment he can earn and mm. fights it out as per orders. You can't have quests and stuff. I mean, It does seem logical, though, to, to, uh, to take that 40k universe and try and make it into a persistent online game because I think, you know, we've, we've seen over, over the years, you know, even from back in the old days, licensing anything and everything. You know, we've got a lost game in the pipeline. There was a Reservoir Dogs game, um, you know, where does it all end? We've got Lord of the Rings Online coming out next month. Well, yeah. as, as THQ rather snarkily pointed out um, to, not to EA, but in an interview in which they referenced um, the um, Warhammer Online game, is that Warhammer 40,000 is a much bigger licence, actually a much bigger deal than the 40, fantasy Warhammer. Bigger Probably not quite that much, <laughs> maybe 0.4. But 40k is, a, is bigger for Games Workshop than the fantasy yeah. Well, right. Okay. If you were if you were making the um, Warhammer forty k game, what would you do then? Planetside. We were just mentioning this earlier. Yeah. Jim was talking about getting back into Planetside, and it just strikes me as this has to be an FPS. This has to be something that's about shooting rather than mm. questing and grinding and all the the trappings of MMORPGs that we've come to accept. It has to be something that's just war all the you time. You say that though, but. Um Games Workshop are actually producing a pen and paper RPG of uh, of 140k uh, well, next month, I believe it's coming out. I'd be interested to see what they do with that. It's, it just seems like it doesn't gel well with the idea of armies clashing. I guess it depends how, how, how they push this game. I, I can easily envisage a lot of fun, you know, cooperative, um, you get together with a group of, of 10 or 20 players and you go and invade a, a planet or a, or a space hulk yeah, out in space. That could be fantastic. But yeah, I think the persistent element of, of, of the world is 
is possibly going to struggle to be as, you know, in the way that World of Warcraft or, or EVE, you know, c continues the, uh, the, the attraction uh, long term. There's no, there's no real reason why it can't uh, break genres. I mean, we, we were promised a long time ago uh, the massive multiplayer RTS Sovereign, which never actually, oh, yeah. actually materialised. There's no reason why uh, uh, a massively multiplayer 40k game couldn't be... Um, Dawn of War Online. Well, yeah, essentially Dawn of War Online, but you know, perhaps there's, there's lots of instances of, of groups like a rogue trader and his entourage, like an inquisitor and his entourage, like uh, yeah. you know, one of the orc leaders or a chaos champion. You know, there are possibilities for you being a central character and perhaps having a, a group of NPC characters or pet characters or or so on, and then and going into instanced battles where perhaps there are two or three other units within uh, within your group and you're fighting alongside another chaos champion or, or perhaps. Um, a space marine group uh, supporting an inquisitor group or something like that. Um, there's no reason why. I mean, MMO is only a technology. I mean, online gaming is only a technology. Uh, it, 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 there are no kind of there are no strict templates about what what can be made. It just happens that you know there's been very few uh, models for what uh, online gaming actually means so far. It which is there can't be new ones. Which is why I'm both so pessimistic and so potentially excited about it because. In order to do it right, they'd have to break the conventions completely, which makes it a incredibly exciting and b incredibly unlikely. So, so Jim, if you're going to be uh, uh, giving Eva rest, what is going to be uh, taking up your time? Well, what else have you been playing lately? Um, actually, I've been playing Titan Quest recently. Really? Uh, Diablo-esque uh, killing beasts. Un uh, is it underrated? We gave it uh, sixty something percent, I think. Sixty-one, sixty-two, sixty-three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that it's underrated. I, I feel incredibly. I almost feel duped and guilty playing it. It's just click, killing, 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 killing. Drink the potion, drink the potion. And that's pretty much it. Um, and what we were discussing earlier, uh, how it's, it's one of those games where there's, there are just stupid game mechanics, like um, if you fight a lot of the very big uh, monsters, you end up running out of their sort of aggression area, the point at which the monster turns back and runs back to his, his original spot. And um, uh, so just so that you can use a ranged weapon and you step back towards him, he runs at you again, you fire the you know, magic mm, spell, run off again, and end up just grinding enemies down like that, which is, is, is uh, I don't know, exasperating and... Uh, but strangely addictive. Life. And yet, yet, the continuous progression, yeah. the, the constant stream of enemies, the constant mm. stream of new armour, the constant stream of riches, and the constant kind of flow of the landscape, which is very, very beautiful in time. So it, so it, it gets yeah. an element of, of, of why Diablo was so... Uh, so popular oh, um, all those years ago. I think we okay. marked it down because the chests didn't open fast enough. That is a major criticism. That, yeah. um, it's, it's not a game. It's one of those games that I, I, I'm glad I've, I've got and played, <laughs> but I wouldn't recommend to anyone. <laughs> you say it's special edition comes in a tin that can stop bullets. Wow, I've that's got, handy. I've got yeah. two of those actually. So Has that been tested? <laughs> fashion some kind of armor out of that. Yeah, you say it's, it's endless clicking, it's endless hacking the same monsters over and over again. It should be said that Diablo involved a fair amount of clicking itself. <laughs> it was just clicking. That's out. true. I was but watching. Me, I was watching Alec playing Diablo just uh, yesterday, and my God, I think he went through about three ma three mice in a day. It's, you don't even need to watch him. You can just hear it <laughs> through the office. Click, 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 click. My old um, flatmate used to play Diablo. Um, Didn't he have a heart attack because of Diablo? <laughs> this is spoiler. So we're not going to go into that. But yes, right. I do think. Oh yeah, I just I just severely liable. Sorry, uh, <laughs> my flatmate did almost. I'm certain he had a heart attack because he played Diablo too much. Um, but he also had a terrible, terrible hand. Oh, the claw! <laughs> the claw! Tim is uh, making a claw motion. Yeah, uh, just because <laughs> of uh, his left finger. He did he had a very beefy left and right 
Maybe there's a use Left, for that. No, index and middle finger. In, index and middle, middle right. finger. Okay. <laughs> Left and right finger just comes as this image of this two-fingered man. <laughs> tiny tendrils at the end of his stumped up. arms. <laughs> All I can do is play that. We, we are definitely evolving in that direction. Tom, uh, what, have, what have you been playing lately? I'm glad you asked that, Ross, because <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing Project Reality for Battlefield 2. Excellent. Is, um, yes, it's a, it's a mod that's... Has it just been released as a file? Uh, yeah, well, um, Tim kept telling me that this student guy was calling him and asking us to feature his mod and that it would be nice if we could. And uh, I was assuming it would be something shitty. I mean, uh, <gasps> terrible. Um, and uh, I'd also been meaning to kind of check out this Project Reality thing that had won mod db's mod of the year last year uh, according to their, re- their reader votes rather than the editors votes um and which has just been creating this enormous buzz in the modern community it's mm. got huge like three page reviews on major gaming sites everyone's saying it's just the best thing they've ever played and it's essentially becoming the desert combat for battlefield 2 and it turned out to be the same thing this guy was was talking to you about and yeah it turned out <laughs> the name of that little student mod that's created in england by a bunch of kids for their Right. University so as ever, we were behind the times with this. <laughs> we, uh, we, we should have picked up on this. Earlier. We, we were sceptical because <laughs> because it's a realism mod for a first-person shooter, and realism mods for first-person shooters are all they're ninety-eight percent of the mod community. Every single person is making a realism mod for a first-person shooter. That's it's dedicated to simulating real war, and they'll show you an untextured weapon render of an M4 that's exactly the same as. And surely the point of games is that they are not realistic. Well, Realism yeah. isn't actually that much fun. On the on the Project Reality website, they in fact quote as their inspiration for the game, the developers of Dice saying Battlefield Two is going to be primarily about fun and secondarily about realism, as in essentially good, to imply that I, I, they're I, switching I those two things around. They want to realism first, fun second. Mm. Is it more fun because it's realistic? It's not more fun because it's realistic, but it is more engaging and more just more emotionally involving. I mean, you everyone who plays it will have unless they're a dedicated Flashpoint fan will have um, a few minutes of just frustration because you you die in one hit almost every time unless it hits you know your hand um, and if you get shot in the head you can't be revived by medics anymore because quite reasonably they've supposed that defibrillators will not do much to a headshot and <laughs> although interesting they have left, left in the ability to revive with defibrillators when you get shot you know nine times in the chest um, well I guess you have to draw the line somewhere between realism yeah that, and, uh, that's exactly it they have so, drawn a line but it's further back than Battlefield 2's yeah. line does, does this mod actually would you say would you go on record as saying this makes Battlefield 2 better better that's a strong word Battlefield 2 is one of the best games ever made in the world and so that's I, Tom I saying that by the way that's not PC Gamer's well, <laughs> we'll bring you actually, the PC Gamer Top 100 later this summer it, it kind of was PC Gamer because we did plug again yeah. it Sorry, was in our top at least our top ten. That's true. Maybe it was our top five Six. when we last did top one hundred. Hmm. Six just missed the top. So it so it doesn't so. it, 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 it can it can't no. improve on near perfection. It, it doesn't it, improve on Battlefield Two, but I think it improves on Armed Assault, which really? is what I was saying earlier. Because yeah, it is pretty. It's really well made custom maps for Battlefield Two that look every bit as good as the as the main Battlefield Two game, and it's just really um, tense and scary at, because you know you hear bullets thudding in around you. It's got the Battlefield thing where. The shot passes near you, or someone fires near you. Your vision actually blurs slightly from the shot, and it, as I say, you die in one hit. And when you do die, you have to wait 45 seconds to respawn, which is not quite the same as flashpoints. You know, dead forever. But then in single player flashpoint, that just means you reload immediately. Well, Whereas um, on these realism mods, it's sort of an example that games don't have to be fun. You know, they aren't necessarily that fun. They're it's, often yeah, about it's, being incredibly stressed and hiding in a ditch. It's something else. It's the, it's the roller coaster thing. It's, you don't really have fun on a roller coaster. You fear for your life, but that, and that's exactly what you do in Project Reality. You spend all the time fearing for your life. You, it's, again, that actually reminded me a bit of playing paintball the other week because 
you find yourself dashing to cover and just sitting there and actually breathing in real life, catching your breath in real life before you can progress again. Just because it's that that terrifying and that so, so games don't have to be about fun. Interesting. I agree. I think we need a new word for the thing that isn't fun but is something you want more of. It's quite enjoyable in a strangely perverse maybe, way. Maybe plan. <laughs> no, that, that's already a word for something else. Yeah, I think it, it, it's more kind of not what games are but what they mustn't be. They mustn't be boring. But they don't have to be fun. Yeah. Hmm. It's true, actually. Compelling. A game has to be... You have to want to play the damn thing. Do you enjoy that feeling you get after a game when you're just completely knackered and broken and hungry? You like a cigarette. With your arms around your PC. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I, I mean, um, I think it was you actually were saying that you had an Eve battle after which you had to lie down and have a cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, that's happened a couple of times. Coming here as used to make me feel like that a lot, actually. Yeah. So, you know, over three or four days. And uh, by the end of it, I was literally suffering from shell shock. Tim, what have you been playing? Um, well, I've just, I was playing Shadowrun on Wednesday. Ah, yes. Now, obviously, this isn't out yet, but this is, no. um, this is Microsoft's new cross-platform 360 NPC yes, shooter. It, it's um, a game in which uh, you are both either an elf, a gnome, a human, or a troll. And you have either. A it sounds like World of Warcraft. But unlike World of Warcraft, it has shotguns, rocket launchers, sniper <laughs> rifles, and uh, enormous swords. Well, like World of Warcraft. And also magic and also technology. And it's quite good. Um, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Shadowrun <laughs> is quite good. This is Tim's new favourite phrase. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. it's not. Like, well, obviously, it isn't finished yet, and it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's looking all right at the moment. I, I quite like it because <clears> one of the things about the, the way the magic works is it's not fireballs. You're not just firing fire at each other. No, this, this, is, this is like a, a team-based, yeah. um, like a Counter-Strike type. Yeah, the best, best reference point is Counter-Strike. You start with Counter-Strike, <clears> you start a round, you've got to go and run and capture a flag and bring it back, or an artifact in this case. So not quite like Counter-Strike, but um, kind of similar. Um, but the deal is you've got magic, so... You can kind of run towards people and you start spraying with bullets. Then you tap a button and you can teleport eight meters in front of you. So you're kind of running along. And you, you see, when you start a level, you see loads of people running at walls and then teleporting <laughs> through them. And you can teleport up or down or across. And you can fly. Uh, or you can just kind of... By repeatedly teleporting. Well, you, you, what you can do is you can teleport into the air and then hit a glide, like, like a glider flaps out to your back and you can just kind of fly across. <laughs> and it, like some of the battles look amazing and you'll see these kind of like an elf appear out of midair and start chopping at you from the sky and you're with a shotgun and you Sounds very much like a dream I had the other night. <laughs> Let's not so go there. All that, all that stuff is really cool. Um, and it's incredibly tactical. Uh, <clears throat> but the, there's some issues, in, I think, in the way that Xbox 360 and um, PC gamers are going to play together. Well, that's, that's the big thing, isn't it? Yeah. This, this is the first game that's going to uh, allow 360 and PC gamers to play together online, all mixed in, against each other. Now, my, my feeling is that, and Tim and I have already been arguing about this, I cannot imagine how it can be fair. Surely with a mouse, it's you can turn and aim easier. Um, you could log on to the Dreamcast Quake 3 service. I remember doing this at your house years ago, yeah. and we kicked ass. Well, obviously. Obviously. And because you're a, you're a, a elite hardcore Quake case, yeah. In Quake... Quake is a special case, I think, because that is a game that relies on super accurate headshots and super fast reactions. Shadowrun isn't a game that relies on super fast headshots and very quick reactions. It actually relies on a lot of things, a lot about timing of use of magical powers. 
and actually when to shoot rather than where to shoot at someone. But the central thing being that, I mean, even if it's not about the accuracy of your control, anything else it could be about is going to be something that PC players and Xbox players can do equally yes. well, pretty much Time on average. thinking about the abilities, so it, when, when to do you know, some of the things you're talking yeah. about, like the, the teleports, that's more important. And if you know the, the weapons as such are not dependent on pixel-perfect accuracy, then that's right. I can see how that comes in. Um, well, it'll be very interesting to see how it plays out when everyone's playing online, and it's later this summer, right? Yes, yeah. and my final kind of thing to say about it is that the uh, Xbox 360 pad has four trigger buttons, and that's what you use to trigger your powers in the in the game. You have a, a like the, the right hand trigger um, is just firing, then you have three separate magical items. You can buy magic through whenever you're playing it. So you can just say, I want the teleport spell, I want the uh, flying spell, I want this bit, and I want that bit. And you can select them at any time. Now, if you're playing World of Warcraft, you'd be able to map all those spells to 1 to 9 on your PC keyboard, which would be an advantage um, PC players have over Xbox 360 players, who can only map three powers to one at once. Now, they've got around this by only letting PC gamers map three powers at once, and so it feels a little bit gimped in that way. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I quite like it. And it's it's uh, one of the big titles to be promoting Vista. Yes. And, um, well, we're almost out of time. We better <clears throat> better say something about Vista. It's obviously a big issue of the day. Hands up. Uh, this is going to work on the podcast. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> who, 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 who actually uses Windows Vista? I saw it. You, Alec I, is well, I think it. we've all seen it. Uh, Tim, well, don't you use it? I'm the only person I know who, aside from... John, official Vista magazine Hicks, yes. who's using it as his um, operating system. Uh, I'm using Vista. I'm not afraid to admit it. Okay. But wasn't it some kind of sick experiment rather than actual <laughs> desire to use it? It was. It was a fact that I we got a copy and I wanted to see how good it was. Okay. How good is it? I mean, you are, you're using this on a on a relatively modern PC. It's a decent-ish PC. Okay. I had to, to get it to work, I had to stick an extra gig of RAM in um, because it, it would work, but it was just pointless. I think what, what, what we're seeing, what we're hearing, you know, obviously these things, they, they can't really be assessed by just one person. But what, what we're hearing from, from all of our colleagues and other, other professionals is that if you've got a brand new machine and it comes with Vista, which it will, that's okay. It's going to work on a machine that is, that is up to date and has a lot of RAM, has a decent graphics card and sound card and so on, things that are designed to work with Vista. But if you've got a three or four year old machine, you're going to have problems. Yeah. And the, the thing about Vista is, it still, to me, after all the time and development, it still feels like a work in progress. There's still not enough decent driver support for things like um, creative sound cards. There's still not enough um, kind of uh, game support. So Microsoft's Live, Live Anywhere service still isn't in there. Do you think that Vista's actually been launched too early? I mean, it was, it was delayed from last year, but... It strikes me that it's just come too I'm early. I'm not sure that it's a case of being launched too early, really. I mean, you look at you look at XP. There wasn't really that much point in upgrading to XP immediately when it came out. Most people stuck with Windows yeah. 2000 for months and months and months. You, by the time you get to a sort of second service pack, you, you know it's all there. There's a lot of support for it. You may you may as well upgrade. So I think this we... is just a case of you know just just sit tight for a few months, wait for it to. Uh, Wait for the bugs to get fixed. Don't wait for it to be more support. So we're we're getting a bit carried away trying to give a definitive verdict on this product as a whole. I mean, this is a live thing. It's changing. There's patches being released for everything else that links in with it, including games. But there's an argument that I mean, this isn't something like Steam where you give it away free with the game and then you update it and you kind yeah. of you know. This is a very expensive time. Yeah, you're asking 
people to put down enormous sums of money. And that's why yeah. I'm not going to upgrade. I'm not paying that amount of money for an operating system I don't need. Not yet. But when you do need it, you probably will eventually. But that, that might not even come this year. Yeah, quite. I mean, okay. I'm not the kind of person who reinstalls Windows regularly. I just I seep my tendrils into an operating system until I cannot remove <laughs> myself from it. Right. If I lost okay. my hard drive now, I'd just kill myself. Fair okay. enough. So, so the official PC game of verdict on Windows Vista is... To be determined. Maybe. And Tom would rather kill himself. Should we look at it again next year? I think that yeah. might be a fair time frame. It did download two gigabytes worth of uh, updates the other night. Which I it was incredible. Wow. An operating system, two, 2.3 gigabytes. How big is it in the in first one, place? You've got a fat pipe. Yeah. Thank you. So to speak. <laughs> uh, it's many gigabytes. Many. Like many. 40 or Some? something. Yeah. Oh, crack it, yeah. 40 gigabytes. Yeah, it's, a, it's um, insane. Uh, does it come on like nine DVDs? No, just well, it can't be forty gigabytes. Then. But it, it, it takes up forty gigabytes. Yeah, I mean, Windows creates all those files. Windows does have a way of expanding yeah. from its yeah. original. So we're sticking with XP for the for the for the moment. Yeah. Well, we'd uh, we'd better wrap it up there, gents. It's um it's almost uh, pub o'clock. Um, so uh, my thanks to Tim Edwards, Jim Rosniol, and Tom Francis for joining us. I want to say my today. name again. Go, go ahead. Uh, Tom's going to do his own outro here. Tom Francis. Goodbye. <laughs> thanks, Tom. Uh, <laughs> Uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll be doing this podcast again. We hope you'll, you'll join us next time. And remember that uh, this is the necessary plug, guys. So so please don't giggle while I'm doing it. Okay. Remember that you can get your fill of PC gaming goodness in our, in our delightful magazine <laughs> on oh, sale across no. the world. No, I have to no. do this. I'm the editor. It's my job. I noticed okay, you, you couldn't stop giggling through it. Though. Yeah, fair enough. Look, we've got a magazine. It's out there somewhere, and we've got a website. You know where it is. It's just to just keep the publishers happy. Yeah, yeah that's right. You know, somebody's got to pay the bills. Uh, bye for now, and thanks for listening.